Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. All right, there we go. So I hit the button, the recording begins, and man, am I excited today. The guest is a marketing executive and thought leader, podcasting community leader. We're going to be talking a lot about podcasts today, which is one of my favorite topics. And she has specialties beyond that, also PR, social media, and community outreach, which just makes total sense. She is like a centerpiece at the podcasting community, as you will learn. And she's also big into what I'd like to call passion-infused marketing, really helping creators and founders who are passionate about helping people get their message out. Longtime podcast fan, currently in Spain, I will say, creator of the Podcast Brunches Club chapter in Valencia, director of communications at Podbean. Shannon Martin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here today from yeah. sunny Spain. Yeah, man. I you are doing a lot of things and you're, you're across the seas right now. So we're talking somehow across the Atlantic Ocean. How does this even work? <laughs> Fabulous internet. I know, right? Amazing. <laughs> Sometimes this is a better connection than with some people I have in the next state over. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on this one. Um, and you know what? Enough about me. The fact that you work at Podbean, the fact that you are a thought leader, community leader, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to pass you something. It's kind of heavy for me, but I know you work out. So here it is. Ugh. Okay, here we go. Grab that. That's Thor's hammer. Go ahead. Reach All out. Right. Got you it. Get it. You got, got it? it. Okay, there you go. All right. So take Thor's hammer and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all. This is going to be maybe a surprising one because it's kind of a new myth. It's, it's not a myth Ooh. that's been around a long time. It's just formulating in a lot of people's uh, speech lately, which okay. is that podcasting is oversaturated and it's just too late to get into it. For my business, it just, you know, it's, it's already been done. It's not going to do any good because there's too many podcasts out there. And I'm just it, right? hearing that. You missed the trend. Yeah. And that this is one of those things where, you know, it goes from one extreme to the other in marketing, right? It's a shiny new thing. Everybody's excited. People want to just do it because they can do it. And then all of a sudden it transitions to, uh, it's no good anymore. <laughs> and that's kind of what's happened. What I'm hearing little bits of now. With yeah. It's like, you know, you missed the boat on, on TikTok and it's too late. You can't get on it. You know, podcasts, everyone has them, right? There's millions of podcasts now. So why even start? Yeah. And the funny thing is there are only around 2 million podcasts. Oh, is it 2 million? Uh, right okay. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a little bit of a weird number to quantify because there's not just one place, you know, you find them, but um, it, that is up a lot, but you still have to compare that to 600 million blogs. You know, that's Whoa. 2 million versus 600 million. Uh, and, you know, most people understand that a website and blogging, you know, is, is they don't say, oh, it's oversaturated. We're not going to do it. So I think, you know, right, right off the bat, just the numbers prove that this myth is, is really false. Yeah. No. Now let's dive into this. Where does this myth come from? It, what, why, why do we think this? I mean, you just mentioned I'm 600 million blogs. 
Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a common thing that happens in marketing. As we said, something is we, we have this syndrome of shiny new thing where it's kind of hop on board, get on the latest thing. And it kind of because maybe because of that, then as something starts to get popular, it's like, oh, that's not the shiny new thing anymore. And and as we've seen, you know, email marketing, good example. I've had so many conversations over the years. Oh, it's dying out. Oh, you know, this <laughs> and that. And you just see, you know, good marketing principles and, and following some things that we'll talk about, about what you do with how you use a podcast. It means that you can tap into the power of it or, or other medium, you know? And uh, I mean, even I just saw a study recently about the top 100 business podcasts and uh, quite a huge percentage of them were newer shows. So it just shows that here they are, they're some of the top shows, top podcasts out there. And a lot of them are, are very new. So I think because more and more people are and businesses are creating podcasts, people do, uh, there is a, you know, there is a truth behind the myth in the fact that there are a lot more podcasts. There were only around 500,000 in 2018. So it's a big increase, but uh, oversaturated, I think is, is where we, it, it kind of, the myth goes, you know, overboard for sure. And the thing is the, a colleague of mine always says, you know, it's not that you're fighting for a piece of the pie, uh, you know, and that there's more people fighting for that pie is that the pie is bigger because the amount of listeners listening, the people listening to podcasts and listening more regularly and, and all of that ha has also increased uh, more significantly. So there's, there's still plenty of room. <laughs> what a great point about the pie getting bigger. Cause I was just gonna, I was gonna, you know, throw some, uh, some positive vibes to toward Podbean. I mean, one of my, if my favorite platform for hosting a podcast Everyone that listens to this particular podcast is hosted on this one. And now people, I'm not a shill for Podbean, but like I do love the platform and all the podcasts we create are on there. So it was just so exciting to talk to you. But I was going to say, you know, what do you got? Like 95% of all those 2 million are on Podbean? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. We do have a we do have a large number of podcasts and we have a lot of podcasts too that host with us, but they use them for really specific purposes. So they're not always out there on all the platforms. Oh, really? uh, for example, like uh, churches, membership organizations, different things like that. And we also do internal podcasting. So you won't see those, you know, you won't find them on Apple podcasts. They are just being distributed in, internally to employees or members. So, um, but yeah, there's, I mean, we're, we've seen tremendous, tremendous, tremendous growth in what's hosted with us and the, the space in general, but we, we have a listening app also. So we see that that pie getting bigger because we see that app growing and that means more people are listening and more people are on it more actively every day. So yeah. uh, there's definitely, you know, if any, anyone who's a podcast fan probably knows when you get hooked on it, you start to look usually for other podcasts. So that kind of expands it for everybody out there. Yeah. You know, I've known about the app for a while, but I just assumed everyone was on Spotify or iTunes, but I literally bumped into someone the other day who said that they, we're listening on the Podbean app. And I was like, all right, because I think I think I get more stats if they do it that way, but also just cool. It's great to see the, the platform grow. And and you're right, the pie keeps getting bigger. Like who knows how many, you know, we, we chat again in a year and, and you're like, okay, we're at like 8 million. Like what just happened? You know, we just, the number just went crazy. So it's growing rapidly. It's, it's now is the time that sounds like. Yes, I definitely think so. I, I it's, it's, Definitely not too late. That that myth we can smash. Um, but smash. you know, I, I do think it. 
you know, just like other things in marketing, it's, uh, that doesn't mean just run out and do it without thinking about the why and, and some of these other <laughs> important, important points, because it won't work for you. Uh, if you're, if you don't think about your goals and if you don't produce something of decent quality that people want to listen to, because there's enough out there now that people can move on to something else. You know, this is a perfect transition, right? I mean, what a great point. Okay. We, we got everyone all hyped. Okay. I'm at the, I'm at the cutting edge. Right. And I think for me, uh, this kind of reminds me of when I was at a company um, I was a young, young lad, young marketer. And my boss said, there's this thing called Twitter. I need you to register for it. You know, I'm like, what's that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was something like user, you know, I'm in like the 1900, no, no 1.9 million or maybe 19 million, but now there's like, you know, 400, 500, there's like yeah. hundreds of millions. And I was like 19, you know, <laughs> um, which to me seemed like a high number, but then when you, you know, see it in the mix of the rest of it, it's very early. So we're all jazzed. We're like, this is the same kind of moment where er, if you want to get early on, on Twitter, you know, that was then this is like early. You're still early right now, but not so early. You can just throw some garbage together <laughs> and then, you know, Podbean is amazing, but it can't, <laughs> it can't fix that up for you. You know, you got to put some thought into it. So, so my thought is then, or my question is then what kind of guidance do you have for, for folks that they're like, okay, I'm in, I heard it from the source. I want to do this. And, but I also don't want to just, you know, wing it. What should they yeah. do? Well, I think the a couple things to start with uh, one, what's going to make your podcast stand out. And I mean, really actually before that, the first thing is starting with a goal. And so, especially if we're talking about a, for a, for a business uh, for your business, it, you know, there are so many different purposes a podcast can have that so people may not even think of. Uh, the, you know, commonly people think, oh, what I want to do with a podcast is grow it, get a huge audience, be one of the top, you know, 10 in Apple podcasts, get immediately, you know, recognized within that directory, get lots of fans. And if, especially when it's a, a podcast uh, and people are starting it around, around a passion, they think, oh, and eventually if I could get ads and make money, uh, I think for businesses, a lot of times that's not the end goal and, and mm. probably shouldn't be because they can make a lot more money off of it a different way, maybe. So, um, but really thinking about that, what is, what's the goal that you're trying to achieve and how does podcasting fit it fit and does it, I mean, in some cases, maybe, you know, there are other mediums that would be better. Uh, you also definitely have to think about your capacity to do it. So if you're struggling with 18, you know, juggling 18 balls in a business and uh, you have major priorities. Uh, if you can't maybe outsource some of this or, or fit it into that business schedule, it may not be the time. Um, but yeah, what's, what's the why behind it? And I was just talking to someone about this earlier that uh, th this person said to me and this multiple people I've heard this from, and I think you had a previous interview on your show where this was one of the things mentioned that a lot of times the, for a business, just the people you, if you're doing an interview show, just the people you interview and connect with, that might end up being, that might be your goal and, or at least one of them. And it might be one of the best results that you get. You know, you can get people on your podcast, big names, big people in your industry, thought leaders, and that's yeah. a connection and a relationship you're building that might lead to business. It might lead to opportunities, you know, so that you know, yeah. people don't think of that, but that can often be um, the goal. And then obviously being, 
you know, out there as a thought leader, bringing in leads, uh, all of these kind of things, having great, you know, content that's out there, um, having content that can help cut down on the sales cycle, keep you in front of an audience, you know, a lot of the, the normal kind of marketing reasons, but sometimes, you know, people, again, they kind of think of podcasts in a, a very generic way and there's podcasts out there succeeding in lots of different ways. Mm, yeah. Like, like that purpose drives it, right. That why can make it unique in its own right. So yeah, there's 2 million, but if you have a well thought out reason why you want to do it or scopa or something some kind of goal in mind that just makes you so much better than just meandering along and just trying to trying to hang out um i love that you, you highlighted the guest and and i was gonna joke that like yeah even like the head of marketing at podbean come on hello nice <laughs> to meet you but yeah i the guest for me i think podcasting the guest is the magic Right. And then the audience, if we could all get in a room and hang out, I would totally do that. So maybe we'll try that. But, but, <laughs> but, you know, the immediate is just being able to connect with another person and learn from them and learn their story. It's just like, oh, it's so cool. And, and it's the kind of comic communication you don't really have that often. You know, normally we'd be checking your phones for out at dinner or something, you know, business <laughs> lunch. Oh, yeah, I'll be right back. I got to take this, you know, but no, you can't because you're on a podcast. So you got to be focused <laughs> on each other. Yeah, definitely. It's dedicated time together. And there is, I, and people have tremendous results from that. You know, you, you meet that person. I, I just, I've been on some recently where we, you know, maybe we're going to do business together, but also people have said to me, oh, after our conversation, I thought I need to connect you with so-and-so. Uh, and, and just so many different things came out of it in the end that weren't about necessarily me getting a customer from it directly, but will really have a long-term impact on, on our business. Yeah. So there's so many, and, and those, the, the why is important because when you think about what you're trying to achieve, it can, it does help you figure out how you're going to distinguish yourself from what's out there and then also determine things about the show like obviously what we're talking about if you're going to do that then obviously you need to do an interview show because <laughs> if you do a solo show you're not going to be meeting other guests so but if you're uh, wanting to you know if there's a specific educational purpose you have where your clients are struggling with some issues and you really uh, you'd love leads to hear about it, but you really even just want your clients to have better education and information in a really convenient way that you don't have to send them, you know, lengthy emails and, and to, you know, read a through a blog post, you just want to be in their ears, yeah. then that could be a different kind of show. So it really can also help you determine how to format and structure things and um, that kind of piece as well. That's a great point that the goal helps inform the structure. Yeah. So that way there's some order to the chaos. Um, if that's your goal, otherwise enjoy the chaos, you know, stay frosty. Uh, have you seen any goals like this that aren't good? Are like, there any goals? If you set this as your goal, like, I don't know, or is it kind of just open for everything? I think especially depending on what your you know area of expertise is or your topic, uh, the goal of being, you know, the billions of downloads podcast, you know, the goal of being top 10 is not going to be realistic for a lot of things. Uh, you know, there those podcasts tend to be certain types and they don't, they're not usually business podcasts. They may be business yeah. inspirational podcasts, but you know, if you're any kind of uh, niche area and you know and again that goal I, I would also say the problem with that goal is not just that it may be unrealistic but also that 
is that really the goal that you want for your business? Right. You know, is that, what's that going to do for you? Uh, and probably having that many listeners associated with your name and your business, of course, it's likely to have positive effects, but is it the most important thing? I, I don't think so in most cases. And with that, go, it goes hand in hand with what I mentioned earlier about thinking, you know, I want to have a podcast. I want to get popular. I want to sell ads on it and make money that can fit in some cases. And, uh, but let's say I have a small business and I really want to grow my thought leadership. I want to grow my client base. I want to have more of an ongoing funnel. And I see it as that kind of thing. Then selling ads is not the way I'm going. I'm trying to actually, if, if I'm going to run ads, quote unquote, they're probably going to be for my own stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right? to tell yeah. people what I'm doing and, and to do a call to action that hopefully draws them in as leads. So uh, getting outside advertisers isn't going to be uh, the way that I'm going to go for that. And yeah. honestly, when we talk about monetization of podcasts, we tell podcasters about all the different ways that they can make money. And one of the things that nowadays I hear it a lot in the conversation, but early on, I didn't as much is, you know, sometimes it's indirect monetization. You know, your podcast actually is, might be a cost to your business. It's a marketing cost. Uh, it can be a fairly low cost, which is nice. But then you're, if you drove a ton of business in, you made money off of your podcast. But people didn't, uh, used, I used to notice that people didn't consider that piece of it. They didn't think that that was a way mm. to go about it. Uh, and, and over time, as things have gotten more sophisticated, you do see people, I mean, they're selling courses, they're bringing coaching clients, they realize now, uh, you know, that that really is, is a great way to actually monetize. That makes total sense. And uh, I'm more of like a B2B guy. And I, and I see so, so, you know, even though it seems like such a consumer thing, I see so much more potential in, in the B2B world. One, because I'm biased, but two, because, you know, one great conversation with your ideal customer, and let's say you're doing a weekly show and you have 52 interviews, one of those might pay for the thing for two years. You know, one of those big business to business deals might just really, so, I mean, that indirect revenue, like you're talking about, can be, and it's also kind of trackable too. You're like, oh, 52 people, this one bought. Hey, you know, we don't have to fiddle with Google Analytics and all these other things. It's like so direct. You can um, you can really see that. And I wanted to go back to, um, when I asked you about the goal, I think this is what I like about you. So many times, uh, especially people that work at, at like a software company, there's less strategy. It's more just, hey, however you want to use this thing, just sign up, please just come sign up. But you didn't do that. You said, look, there's some, these are all great goals. You need one, but be careful around the idea of being famous. And I, that would be my answer too. That that's what I've always warned people about because because then you are competing for just the views, and it's it just shifts the whole thing. And I and I I've, I've tried helping someone do that, and I've I've helped so many people launch podcasts. But the one person he literally told me that was his goal is I just want to be more famous, and it just it just the model, it just, it, now you're just trying to do, you're in like a different realm and you're right. The monetization. And I know, you know, shout out, Podbean has some great you know, ad marketplaces and also, and I think that's just at the very cusp of it. I, I think there'll be a lot of things being added in there, but you know, we've experimented with that. And um, I think Tim Ferriss even said, you know, don't even think about that until you have something like a million downloads an episode or something. And I don't know if you need to wait for a million, but I think his, his, 
advice was was sage and that it was like don't get distracted by you know these short-term things think about all the things that are happening yeah definitely i think it's uh, especially in that b2b marketplace there's just there's better things you know that you can typically achieve with a podcast it is very much um uh, whatever kind of show you're doing, it, it is building relationships because if you're doing yeah. interviews, clearly that's one aspect. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not just a moment you sit down together and, and have the conversation that's recorded. It's maybe you and I, you know, talked before, you know, we recorded sure. this time, you know, we have emails back and forth. So there's a lot of op- touch points and opportunities uh, with those guests, but then it's also a relationship with the listener. And there's a lot of advice out there that talks about talking to, you know, a listener that people feel that it's sort of a one-on-one conversation, even though it's kind of a one-way conversation, <laughs> yeah. but us, us podcast listeners feel like we have a relationship with our favorite podcasters a lot of times, because there's something about hearing someone in your earbuds, uh, especially, you know, taking, I take you on my walk, you know, I I associate that and it's, uh, it has a different sort of magic uh, that, so you build those kinds of relationships. So you will find often that, uh, you know, the, the listeners, oh, you know, I, I remember every time you, you mentioned this or, you know, as if it's a a very personal thing. So you have that opportunity to build that uh, in a way that's sometimes hard in other mediums that voice just hearing that voice is hearing that voice in your head on a like you said on a walk on a run on a commute and you you get kind of used to it i've got a couple go-tos that i just you know i listen to that one first and listen to that one second and i just the voices i know them and it just if it almost feels like you just came home or you came back to your favorite office place and you just know the voices around you it's a great feeling and really cool point about the relationship with the listener even though you're not out there i can't tell you how neat it is to to get like a linkedin message from people um it doesn't happen very often i'm not in the famous category but like when it does and they're, they're usually pretty excited but i'm even more excited because i'm like oh my gosh somebody's listening and i know i know people are but it's really neat to connect it with the actual person um listening so thank you to everyone listening but also to those that send messages and whatnot i really appreciate it shannon any other kind of tips i I love the idea of the goal we talked about informing the design a little bit any other tips for our our new podcasting friends yeah a couple of things i think we i mean we kind of talked about do it well if you're going to do it so think about the bandwidth you have and what areas you you know the most important thing i think to focus on is what is the content going to be the quality content uh you know you can do some things to make sure your audio quality is decent so it's not harmful to people's ears Uh, but if it's if it's boring content or something that there's there are millions of others already doing doesn't have a unique spin, you know, doesn't kind of weave a story, then that's going to really, you know, keep people from listening. And um, I think as the other part of that would be to take a look at what's happening and see where you can improve. Uh, Almost everybody will say that when they started out, they cringe sometimes at their early podcasts or they learned a lot of lessons and that's perfectly fine. It's great. Uh, it's another reason why uh, a lot of times you may want to get ahead so that you don't have to be panicked about getting episodes out, but you, I wouldn't necessarily advise that you, you know, record a hundred episodes before, before launch and put them all up because <laughs> you may get feedback, you know, you may want to get feedback from people that, 
you know, oh, we loved what you said about this, but you know, you really need, could you go deeper into that? Maybe you re-interview that person, you know, and it's, it's easy to modify things with a podcast. So that's, you know, that's really important. And then with the goals, I think the other thing with the goals is there are a lot of little myths and little uh, sort of tricks to succeed that people will say to get popular. And first of all, you can get easily distracted. And secondly, they're, uh, sometimes they're not even very accurate. <laughs> we're like kind of rapid fire, throw them out at us. What are these things we should watch out for and avoid? Well, for example, with getting really popular, people really worry about getting into the Apple features, getting into new and noteworthy. You'll hear there's, you could, we could probably Google right now podcasts about how to get into new and noteworthy. <laughs> <laughs> podcast about podcasting about podcasts about how to get into yeah oh my new and noteworthy i'm actually going to be covering this on our podbean podcast oh, nice. coming up soon because what's it called uh, how do we find it uh it's podcasting smarter oh, i love that so we're going to be covering this uh kind of not just about apple's different features and new and noteworthy, but kind of some of the myths around some of that. And then also, you know, what are the things you can do, you know, to get, to get recognized and to make your podcast searchable and easy to find and all that. But there's a lot of things people will say, oh, you need to have 10 episodes to launch. You have eight weeks to get in it. Um, You know, there's just a lot of that kind of stuff. You also hear all the time about, you know, rate and review so that people can find, find me and of course, ratings and reviews and any kind of social proof are just that. I mean, they're great social proof and it certainly can help, but a, a lot of that is incorrect in terms of actually how it results in for some of those charts. So that kind of stuff, I would say, you know, and whether it's accurate or not, it's more the fact that it's going to, if you're focusing on that, maybe you're focusing in the wrong place, especially for a business podcast. God, I love that. You're right. It's a distraction. Totally. It Okay. Ratings, reviews, you know, generally speaking, that's great. But, you know, if you're trying to hack the system, you're thinking about the wrong thing. You know, you're focused in the wrong area. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's some very similar. I know you've had a lot of shows about things like SEO and, yeah, you know, totally. these are, it's the same types of things where people are like, how can I, you know, how can I game the system? And Google really just wants to be a good search engine and produce results <laughs> people want. And so they're trying to, you know, not allow those kind of things. And they're trying, and all the podcast directories and apps are also trying to surface good content for people and they're trying to figure out what's popular. And so any ways of gaming the system usually don't work or, maybe our maybe our myth up front but if they are working there it's probably going to change and you're not going to keep people if they find your podcast and it's not good or you know it's not what they wanted it you you might see some increase but then in the long run does that have anything to do with your business goals yeah you trying to get someone for the one lesson or you trying to get the weekly lesson you know (laughs) or maybe just making a relationship with a new person who wants to to listen to it that that all ties back into goals and if you are chasing that fame and fortune you're going to be susceptible to trying all these hacks out thinking that that's going to be the place to get you there i mean mr beast on yahoo he just wanted to help people out and have some fun doing it it wasn't like ooh, let me become a super famous person and have 65 million downloads on something ridiculously silly you know he there was a there's a why behind it absolutely yes definitely 
Man, well, th- this is so. I feel like I could. Pro- we probably should schedule like a five-hour download of your brain on these topics <laughs> because so much in here. Um, and some we'll just have to have you come back, and I could see a whole episode on some of these topics. But I really, I'm, I'm curious now. Like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> Take me back to like little Shannon. Did you know you're going to be working in Spain and and on a podcast and you know thought leadership and all this stuff? I mean, what was it like growing up? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Maryland, the Maryland, Virginia area, and yeah, all kind of up and down the East Coast in my in my younger years. And I have always been a really curious person, and I've always been some in some way a communicator. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm one of the many people in this world of marketing who got in trouble for talking too much in school. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So. I kind of knew, and I'm a huge reader, and so reading was kind of my first thing before there were podcasts, and then pretty much very, very early days of podcasts, I discovered them and got really into this form as uh, you know a way to learn things and be entertained and hear about you know all kinds of different topics. So it's it's not too surprising, but there weren't podcasts when I was a kid, so I definitely didn't know I was going to be <laughs> in podcasting. God, yeah, it's we didn't even have internet, so it's like I'll t- I'll take anything. But you're right, that bandwidth has gotten better. I remember once trying to rip a song off of a CD pre MP3, <laughs> and it's taking you know my computer had I don't know what all of four megabytes, and the computer wanted all of that space just to have one song stored, and it's like mp3s came around was such a huge deal we could now store a bunch of them ipods and all that of course but just the compression the technology keeps getting better and bandwidth you know we're not freaking out over bandwidth as much anymore and so we can actually listen to these things in our cars it's amazing yeah it's it's come a long way i was i mean my original podcast days were the ipod you know, downloading onto the iPod and all of that. So it was, it was funny, but I, I I found it fantastic as soon as, even though it wasn't as convenient then it was fantastic to me because I loved, uh, you know, the on-demand nature of it because I would listen as I was driving around doing marketing stuff, I would listen to stuff uh, on the radio, but it was like, oh, there's nothing on at this, when I'm at this time, you know, hitting commercials and everything. So podcasts were a revelation. (laughs) Yeah, there is nothing on. There's still... (laughs) 2022 there's still nothing on um what what takes what takes this uh it's interesting that you were talking and reading because sometimes people are just like all into on the reading or the talking but both i think it's really special but what what took you from you know growing up in maryland doing that to saying i want to go to psych and sociology oh i don't know just i guess a general curiosity uh about people yeah, people, places, cultures. I mean, I can think of a lot of things I, I could have studied, but I think that that's definitely a big part of it. And I've always had uh, a wanderlust, which when I was younger, it was fulfilled through books. You know, I was always nosing a book and kind of, you know, off in my imagination and uh, still am a lot. But, you know, that eventually translated to travel, uh, you know, as soon as I could kind of I was I was ready to do that. Um, but I think I don't I don't know. You know, I guess that all comes from the same place. I sometimes mm. think it was it did books drive me to be to want to travel and make me curious, or was it a wanderlust that made me use books to kind of access new worlds and then also travel? Did it come? So I think it kind of came from that same innate thing. When did that start? Like, do you remember your very first trip 
out of the country or overseas or my first trip out I remember a lot of domestic trips my first out of the country would be in in high school I went hmm. to I did two trips to Europe so I did a we had a, a mini like exchange student through a city kind of program so not a full year thing but like right. uh, two weeks I think uh, she came over from France and then I went there and then I also did a school trip uh, to the UK. And so, yeah, my, my parents <laughs> helped me go to Europe long, long before they ever went. And so yeah. I'm very appreciative that, you know, I did have, I did have help with that. So that was, that was great. So they, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into fueling <laughs> my wanderlust. <laughs> they got you <laughs> addicted. Move overseas and <laughs> yeah. not so, come back. So you're in high school and you spent what, two months in France? It was no about two two or three weeks I two, think it was weeks? and then okay. the other the other trip was something like two weeks also for a, okay. a school trip a theater related thing. I so. guess it makes sense if it was two months you might not have come back right you might no have probably just probably stayed. wouldn't have. I'm staying here. Um, what where in France do you remember when you was it just like in P- suburb of Paris or it was a suburb of Paris yeah we we had a there was a sister city program so the city that I lived in or that it was also a suburb uh, of, of Washington DC they had this sister city and so they basically had maybe 50 I think perhaps students from a high school come over stay with host families so she came over to the US first and then the basically the next year I went there and yeah, and it was wow. funny too, because the, the student from France that came to our home, she was very homesick a lot of the time. She enjoyed the time, but she was definitely homesick. And then I went and they kept asking me, do you want to call home? And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> I, mean, like, I love my family. But I just wasn't, I, you know, I was, I was into the adventure. <laughs> the adventure. What, what part of Paris or what kind what town or city was it it was I can't remember the name of the town now it's been I'm so old it's been so long but it was it was a suburb so it was probably I think if you went by train it was maybe f- like 40 minutes okay. so it was pretty you know it's pretty you know, small like north town. southeast west I don't remember no oh. I don't remember Remember it was pretty those records I might be interested to, to, to find <laughs> out you know just uh where you got to start but I just recently went to Paris pre-covid and oh. My expectations were like, oh, you know, the people are mean and rude and they hate Americans. It's like none of that. None of that. I got we like wine. We like food. We like culture and enjoying life. You know, mm-hmm. join this if you want. And I was like, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> you know, you don't have to twist my arm on that, you know, and and yeah, I don't need you to rush the tab on the on the restaurant or anything. I'm in. So that what a great place to start your your at least your overseas travels in, in Paris. How'd you get to China? How'd you, you spent some time in Shanghai, you said? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, oh, how can I, how can I narrow down my story? So basically this right. wanderlust, I had, I've had it kind of forever, but my husband and I, at one point, uh, you know, kind of were looking around going, okay, we, we want to do something different. We haven't traveled as much overseas, especially as we'd like, we traveled a lot in the U S but we, you know, we haven't traveled as much overseas. And so we, ended up doing this thing where we took a leave of absence. He took a leave of absence from his job and I actually changed to remote working and sort of modified my job a bit. Uh, I went to my boss saying, I I'm planning to do this adventure. And she said, are you, is, are you telling me you're quitting? (laughs) And I said, I don't know, but it can, can we work something out? So I started remote working a long time ago (laughs) before it was, before it was cool. 
<laughs> yeah, before it was common, cool and common. And uh, so I started doing that and we were, we were here in Spain for a period, really enjoyed it. And then in, in the midst of a whole bunch of stuff, um, my husband actually got his company, actually transferred him to China or, or gave him an opportunity, I should say, um, to go. And he had always wanted to do an overseas assignment. So it kind of, um, you know, it was kind of a, an interesting opportunity and something we thought maybe we'd do two years and we ended up there eight years in Shanghai. Man. So you never know where, where life is going to lead. And then we always really loved, we loved the time we had spent here in Spain. So we always had this as a goal to come back. So come back to Spain. How, how did your Chinese, how did it go? You're pretty fluent <laughs> there. Oh, no, I'm, I'm really making a, a significant effort with Spanish right now because I <laughs> am embarrassed by my futile or, or almost lack thereof. Yeah. Chinese what did you effort. take in school? Spanish. Took Spanish so I do have, too. Yeah, so I have, a, you know, and, and it's definitely a lot easier. You have some background in it and, you know, familiarity and, and obviously the characters in Chinese can be, <laughs> be quite challenging, but yeah. I'm not a natural language learner. So I'm still, it's still a struggle with Spanish, but it's going to be better than my Chinese. It, well, it already is better than my Chinese ever was. <laughs> I'm sure that's a, it's a really hard language to learn. You're right. Cause you have to transliterate first or understand what the symbols mean, then understand what that word means. And it's like two steps versus, you know, at least you can read Spanish. You don't necessarily know what it means. Maybe you can figure it out or that eighth grade lesson kind of like comes back to haunt you and you, you remember Senora Andrada uh, um, and what she was trying to, trying to bang into your head at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did, you absorb did, it by being around it more right. than you would. Right. So. Did you meet any, any folks from Podbean in China or is, or those like separated by several years? No. Yeah, we had, I worked with some team members uh, there. We're all over the world. So yeah, I did. Um, I did uh, work with with them there, and um, yeah, we actually have a team that's pretty pretty international. We kind of span all the way from, I think we have a team member in Bali right now, all the way to Midwest U.S. and oh, sometimes even Pacific time zone. So we almost cover the whole <laughs> the whole gamut of time zones, <laughs> which is which is great because our customers are all over the world too. Totally so great. It, well. A little hard for all hands meeting though. <laughs> Someone's yeah, getting challenge. up at 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah, challenging. Yeah, uh, I used to when I first moved overseas, I used to do my I used to do a weekly meeting with my team in Florida in the US, a team that I did marketing for there. And I remember I, the calls were 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, that, that's the worst possible time. <laughs> that is the worst possible time. Man, um well, crazy. Well, a bit of a hypothetical question for you now because I may or may not have a time machine here in New Hampshire. So let's say you come visit, you know, you're doing the travel thing and you get over to New England again and we get some beers and lobster and you get to use the time machine, most importantly. Um, but it's a particular kind. It goes back in time and you get to meet yourself just after that, that undergrad, just after that degree at Wake Forest. And you get to meet that version of you. So that Shannon, you get talk, you can talk to yourself. It doesn't mess up the space time continuum. You'll be good. Right. So what would you say to her? What would you give her advice, recommendations? What would you tell yourself? Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't change a lot because I think it's really hard to know what in your life affects anything, you know, uh, but I would say relax. I don't know that 
myself would take that advice, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I would say it anyway. And I would also say, uh, be open. People are good. People all have problems. People that I just, every year, every day, I feel like I learn this more and more that people have things a lot of times that they're hiding, uh, that they're ashamed of, that they are, you know, that they don't share with people. Uh, and then, you know, you start to talk to people and they, tell you their stories and you realize, oh my goodness, you know, there's so many other people that are going through the same thing or the same challenge and, and stuff. So I, yeah, I would definitely tell myself, just be more open, share yourself with people, ask people questions so they feel they can open up and share more. Um, so yeah, on a personal level, professionally, I don't, I have no, my career has been so, yeah, maybe a, unusual, but, but enjoyable. So I don't, I don't know that I would tell myself to do anything different necessarily yeah yeah but be open and share it's amazing how we forget sometimes especially in marketing we forget that those ones and zeros behind any analytics we're looking at are real people with with just as much complexity as ourselves with unless we're in some sort of weird metaverse and you know zuckerberg <laughs> is controlling us if that's not the case then everyone on that dashboard is a real person and and they have hopes and dreams. And, and like you said, they have things that they're worried about or scared about or angry about. And there's just this thing and just understanding that people were not alone and just understanding that one person may have had the same problem. You know, that just got me thinking, you know, all the way back around to even podcasts, right? Yeah. The more of them there are, the more people sharing just the most obscure things. Someone has a skin illness and they want to make a podcast about it, help other people out. Cool. You know, cool. You're going to have so many people thanking you later for that one thing, um, just because you were open and honest and you were a little brave to, to share what you're worried about. Absolutely. I think that's, that really is the power of, of podcasting. You know, it can, it can, there's so many types of podcasts and things, but people sharing stories and there are so many little, you know, niche podcasts. And I think the, the, sometimes the barrier to sharing the story, I mean, it's still scary, you know, to, to talk on a mic and, and share things that are, might be personal and uh, put yourself out there. But, uh, you know, a lot of people aren't going to write a blog or a website about that thing. Um, but it's sometimes it's easier to, to talk and do a conversational style. So I think it's opened up a world for a lot of those kind of things to be out there. And I'm amazed every day at the different podcasts I come across and whether it's a serious topic and, uh, you know, something like what you mentioned, or just like a very niche hobby that yeah. people then get to connect with others and realize, oh, there's other people that are into underwater dog sweater knitting or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you name it. Yeah. And it's not as obscure anymore. And people can find a community that way, at least find someone else who you don't, and I think the thing, you don't have to know everything to host a podcast about a, about a particular topic. You just need to like that topic. Like, I think I'm, at some point I'm going to make a, another show about space and rockets and stuff. I am not a rocket scientist. I'm, I am not qualified to build a rocket, but man, does that subject just, you know, light me up and get me talking about Elon building a starship and I won't shut up. Right. But like, that's, that's a perfect recipe. So for those listening, when it comes time to start your own, you don't need to Boy, I don't know everything about marketing, but man, after interviewing 270 plus people, you, you know a couple things, you know? So you don't have to know everything at the start for sure. 
yeah, that's one of the benefits. And you learn, uh, you learn a lot uh, in, in doing the podcast and that's, and you grow along with your guests. So that's, that can be, you know, a, a huge benefit of, of doing one, but definitely you don't, you know, no one really wants to hear someone come on and just spew out all their knowledge. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I, know. I think, you know, even, even those that are really thought leadership podcasts and are sharing information, uh, they're, they're often learning as they go and talking to others and, you know, kind of exploring topics is, is kind of what people love love hearing so it's, yeah. it's it's a fun fun medium to do a lot of different things with isn't it kind of like art too because really you can just create anything you know and you can make it super edited or not or you know make it a dialogue or not or weirdness or fun or seriousness you know i don't know it's but just you can just do whatever you want there's no rules yeah there. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. I mean, because you're not, there isn't a gatekeeper, you know, I mean, obviously, if you wanted to have a show on the radio, uh, you know, you have to pitch it and they have to want that kind of style. And they're probably going to say, well, no, your style has to fit in this format this amount of time, you know, we have a time slot with a podcast, there are, there are five hour podcasts, there are five minutes there are one minute podcasts, there's, there's every kind of style. And uh, though you do have to think about what makes sense for the topic and what you want to do, you can get as interesting with it as, and that may be some of what distinguishes you. You know, you may be the quick short snippet that people listen to every day on, on marketing or something where someone else does the interview show where they go more in depth. And uh, you know, you also, you may cover a niche topic, but there's scripted shows. There's, I mean, audio dramas are a whole world in themselves that are quite fascinating and, so there's just every kind of specialty out there. So can you made me want to do an audio you. drama just now. <laughs> I was like, you know what? <laughs> Space audio drama. There's that could be cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow, interesting. <laughs> There's some ambient space noise behind. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do sound effects. And yeah, there right. are people I know that do that work on those kind of shows. Uh, and there are some indie creators I know that it's just really impressive because that's a, a, he- a hefty workload a lot of times to you know, script things and sometimes, you know, coordinate voice actors and do those sound effects and different things. So it's, uh, it's really fascinating to me, but it's, it's something I, yeah, I just, I, I admire, but <laughs> not my skill. hundred <laughs> percent. And, but I've got a, I've got a great producer. So if I, I could, I could literally call upon lightning from the sky and it would happen right about now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we, I really want to know this because you're surrounded by podcasts. Where does this go? Have you thought about the future, the evolution? You probably, Podbean is leading the way. So like what, where, what's around the corner for podcasting? What does it mean when you go to 2 million, to 4 million, to 8, to three, 600 million podcasts, other than a very happy Podbean family? But like, what does that mean for all of us? I think it is evolving to the point where podcasts are going to be more of a go-to source of, of knowledge, knowledge and entertainment, but it's going to be something that people, uh, I, I see where that has really changed, where the, the tipping points for me are where it's been, podcasts have been part of the pop culture a lot lately. So you're seeing TV series where the main character has podcasts, you're seeing it's just been rampant in the last few years. And I think that it indicates something that there's a common knowledge that that's something you look to 
you know, when you're seeking knowledge or when you are into a certain thing. So I think that's definitely, uh, you know, an interesting point. And then because there are more and because there's more competition, there's increasing professionalism and also the, the diversity of types of podcasts like we talked about. So creativity and uh, coming up with uh, sort of different formats and, and all kinds of things to make them interesting and professional. And I also think there's a lot of crossover now with media. So podcasts getting made into TV shows. There's always been lots of TV show podcasts, you know, podcasts about TV series and movies and things. And so there's going to be more and more integration of all these different forms of media. Yeah, really. And it just becomes the way you connect or hear people or something. But I actually, I wonder if, this also brings us back together, whereas social kind of has brought us apart where we don't know each other. We know 15 seconds of each other or how angry we are about something on Facebook because Facebook wants to trigger us. Um, but, but I wonder if the, you know, listening to a podcast, you, you get to hear someone for hours and really get to know who they are, especially if they're being, you know, authentic and genuine, they just, that's who they are. And so that, is a way, especially interviewing people is a way to also bring us back into connection with each other. And, it, and I know for sure, this is not a short podcast, but whatever, whatever the method, you know, kind of connects us all over again. Yeah. It gives it, it allows for deeper conversations than a lot yes. of, and it is a conversation. So that is, is certainly a benefit of it. And I, I think that with this, with what I mentioned about the future, I think too, uh, we will really see it, different types of organizations and that kind of thing, thinking about using podcasts in different ways. So we're talking about thinking of your goals, but we are seeing larger corporations doing branded podcasts, which are often very interesting, story-oriented, uh, of course, interviews and thought leadership, but also a lot of stories around what they do, but not in any way uh, a commercial for their product or service, mm. but really just around the industry. And we had a very interesting one that was hosted with us that was a technology podcast. And it was really stories about technology. And it's a tech company, but they, nothing was like, here's our product. Here's what it did for somebody. It was these big stories, you know, big thought, you know, fascinating, you know, so I could listen to that and you know, it could draw me in as a random listener, not necessarily in that space, you know, or in that world. And I, I think we won't get into it probably a lot today, but uh, we also do a lot with internal podcasts for employee training and development and internal communications. And so again, I think just we'll see more evolution of how people tap into how people and businesses tap into it as a medium, but to do all kinds of different things. Mm, as a medium itself. And there's with unlimited ways of expressing it. That's a really good point that it is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the ways you can use it and the kinds of entertainment you can create. And yes, at the internal, I, I'm dying to pick your brain about that, but I feel like that's probably, you know, how we tease people to, to get you back on and also to, to get people tuning into a, another episode. Um, yeah. Now I would be remiss to let a prolific reader like yourself, um, hop off of here without asking favorite books, categories, however you want to present it. I know you're reading all the time. So just making you say one would be punishment. So 
couple fiction, nonfiction, business, non-business, whatever, whatever okay. comes to mind. Yeah, I mostly do read fiction. So I don't, yeah. I actually don't read a lot of business books. I actually, when it comes to business and, and podcasting stuff, I listen to more podcasts. So uh, definitely when it comes to podcasting, I listen to like the one that we have podcasting smarter, but there are others on podcasting um, business. I mean, book wise, sorry, I love everything that's kind of about culture and people and cross-cultural stuff. I love Murakami. Haruki Murakami, the Japanese writer, which who writes very kind of interesting, odd stories. Mm. Uh, it's just a, it takes me to a different kind of place. Um, I, one of my favorite kind of family sagas, cross-cultural things. I, I love sort of historical fiction, but also things that are, again, about, you know, different cultures and different, different time periods in history. And Pachinko, was a it was a very popular book it was a japanese uh a korean japanese story over a period of decades so really interesting you know character but historical period and yeah that's that's definitely one but i so many i really tried to listen i listen to podcasts but i also try to read books related to places that i'm interested in going or that i am traveling before i travel somewhere i pretty much always read some authors from there or books about the place and also try to find podcasts harder to find podcasts it's it's easier now mm-hmm. that there are more but it's still sometimes more challenging to find the podcast and the books so wow. that's a big um, big area and then as a communications person i guess a book that influenced me a lot and it's a real real oldie but goodie and <laughs> it's been revised a lot is strunk and white i think it's called the five elements of style yeah i don't uh and i think it it's old <laughs> but it, it does have pretty recent revisions i think but it was real it's a thin book i think it's one of the few books i've moved around with me in my many moves and it's a thin little book and it's really really helpful in terms of honing your writing so and strunk, uh, strunk and white and white Ele- the five. elements of style. Yeah. Or elements of style. I don't know where I got the five from. I don't think there's anything about it five might, in there. It might be five. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. That would be the blog post version. Probably five elements. Of style. Do you have one of these books like physically? I have it and I will, I'll have to check how old mine is. I need to get an updated because there are some things because language does evolve. So there are some things in it. It's not meant to be really specific grammar points but there are a few things they mention in there that i think probably language has evolved and i i have to always evolve myself and say okay we're not stuck on that point anymore about can't end your sentence with prepositions that's that's modernized now so i have to but most of it is really more uh, uh more general advice and one of the big things i learned from it was making writing more concise yeah more concise and- the whole, if, if I had more time, I would have written less. Yes. Quote yes. From, uh, what's his face? <laughs> who wrote that? I don't know. Who said that? Um, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Oh, okay. If I had more time, I would have written less. Um, interesting. So with this style book, um, any, anything come to mind? Any sort of takeaways that you want to share with us from that? 
That, definitely the piece, the piece about making it, con I guess, concise and precise would be. And the interesting thing is that came, that has come in so much, ha so handy, even though when we were talking, when I was reading that book, it was about writing on paper, you know, yeah. maybe a typewriter, you know, but yeah. now it's, it's really, really, it parlays over so much into writing for the web, you know, writing for, I mean, I, that's what I ended up doing most, a lot of my career. And, you know, it, it's different because a lot of that is also about how it, how it's scannable, you know, so using mm. titles and bullet points and stuff, but the essential nature of that was also, you know, to, to make it easy for people to read and to get to the point. Uh, and I remember I, I had a, a university English class, the fresh freshman year, and a very the school I went to the yeah they were tough they're tough graders they're still known as that they're still known that they for not minding giving you know smart mm -hmm. students you know a D a C that C is considered average and in that English class most of the class ended up with C's and really? I, what the yeah and what the the professor liked was myself and one other lady who was actually a second language English learner we both wow. did not constantly try to just put fluffy big words in our essays. And a lot of the other students who were smart and like top of their class in school, they just, they thought that you use a big word, you'll look impressive to the professor. And mm -hmm. she was like, you're just, you, what do you really want to say? <laughs> you're just throwing, you're throwing big words, trying to look impressive, but you're not, you haven't really communicated what you need to. And I, I, Thanks, Strunk and White, for getting that A in that tough class because it, that the the things that were contained in there really helped. You know, it's amazing how I remember. You know, in school, sometimes there was a a length requirement of your writing. You know, make it six pages, and so all you know the joke was always, you know, double spaced, size thirteen font. You could even change the kerning. You know, to be just a little bit wider. Uh, but isn't it almost nowadays really, or once you graduate, it's how short can you make that? How, how quickly can you get your point across with as few pages as possible? I mean, maybe that should be the requirement. Hey, make your essay as long as you want or short as you want, but get the point across. Yeah, really. I mean, it's true. Cause yeah, I mean, a book editor wants to edit it down. I mean, uh, you know, if you're writing for the web, you, you want to come up with good content that's significant. You don't want to write a necessarily a tiny thing. Google, mm -hmm. Google likes you know, more, more content, but relevant contact, not, not just junk. And yeah, that it's, it's a real, it's a real challenge. So yeah, the book, I, I, I want to go back and review because it, it has a lot of, it does have a lot of things about word choice, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, that are that are quite interesting and not using, you know, and I, I find it's easy to slip into these uses of words when something else is when you really mean something else. So it's it's a book that I'm, I, I want to get the updated version because I know some of the things have probably been modified since my version, but it's still if I look at it now, I still feel like it's it's really relevant. Right, right. Um, yeah, it, it does evolve and and all th sorts of things are crazy that way. Um, quick, uh, you know, word nerd joke for you. What is the only word that's spelled incorrectly in the dictionary? Uh-oh. I don't know. Incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling, uh, but I had to. So I terrible. To so terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, uh, 
the dad jokes will continue until listenership increases (laughs) (laughs) or not. (laughs) So this has been great. Hey, where can people connect with you? You know, social platforms. They want to connect with you also websites for pod being any specials or content, um, throw it all out at us. Great. Uh, we're podbean.com. So that's really easy to find us. And we're on most of the socials. We're actually podbean.com. So at podbean.com on Twitter and that uh, podbean on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a link. We also have a LinkedIn group specifically about business podcasting, which nice. I think easiest is probably just to find the podbean page and then it will be linked there. And our podcast is podcasting smarter. And on LinkedIn, I am Shannon Martin writes to make it easy to find me, Shannon Martin writes. So I'm, I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. I've gotten really a lot more into using LinkedIn and doing some networking through there. And uh, it's uh, especially with the corporate podcast work we're doing. Uh, we're doing a lot of our education through there. So it's, mm. I love, love connecting with people. So reach out anytime. All right. No, this is great. We'll take all of that. We'll put it in the show notes. People can just click right on through. Uh, right to that. Um, but man, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on here and just having fun and talking podcasts for a little bit. I love it. I, I love talking podcasts with podcasters. <laughs> I know. I know. On a podcast, hosted on Podbean. Hey, like we just did all the things all at the same time. <laughs> Mix it all together. <laughs> uh, so fun. So fun. Um, well, look, this has been fantastic. And I've learned a bunch. And for those listening, if you've learned something, and I freaking know you did because I literally have two pages of notes front and back over here, then, then share this with someone. Uh, and that's how you show thought leadership. Just even one person, you learn something new or you heard the myth. I mean, for me, that stands out, the 2 million podcasts, 600 million blogs. That tells you exactly where we're at right now. So spread that information, get that information around to uh, fellow marketers, um, business owners, all the, all the jazz, all the people that need to hear this episode and need to hear Shannon. Um, and need to get their podcast hosted on Podbean, well, then this is the episode to share. Um, And that being said, Shannon, thank you again. Thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you. (laughs) Oh, man. Likewise. And for all you out there listening, this has been another cool episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.